Hey, Carlos. Hey, Holland. Do you feel that? Yeah, I, I kind of do. I think you do. Is it that electricity? It's that electricity that happens underneath our buns. Oh, when we're about to take a, a journey. A take yeah. a big, stinky, yeah, wet journey. Yeah. Where are we going? Oh, this way to Tifertabaland. Oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> Do you remember when this show was about casting? Yeah. V- vaguely, only. Yeah, what's casting again? I don't fully remember. Yeah, me neither. It has something to do with plaster. <laughs> it's very strange. It is strange. We're now, we're now we have done more shows now um, in the COVID years when initially we started like, hey, let's do a show after work and talk about the cast of characters that we saw during work and yeah. we haven't worked in many, many months. And so we just have to dig into our past and talk about that, Yeah, which, I, you know, it's been working out. It has been. You know? we, we have some pretty cool stories from our past. I can't really talk about the inside of my room much. Well, everyone knows about it now. Exactly. I already did that episode, yeah. The Tavern. But yeah, it is very strange that I'm like I was gonna have, I was gonna have some f- fucking stories to tell, man. I was gonna go to Japan, I was yeah. gonna go to Barcelona, mm-hmm. and I could have found a wife in both of those places. Yeah, and now here I am. Well, naturally, that's kind of what you do. Yeah, find a wife in those places. Exactly. <laughs> find my my if Jap Japanese Carlos would have uh, would have existed. Barcelona Carlos. Mm-hmm. Which just, it's just Carlos, but with a little bit of a lisp. Yeah, I was going to say Carlos. <laughs> Carlos. Carlos. The. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be kind of a, of a big uh, momentous year for me. I like had everything purchased mm-hmm. already and ready to go. Yeah. And then the world just stopped. So what that did was make us uh, reach into the recesses of our mind. Mm-hmm. Did right. I say that correctly? Did that make the sense? The recesses? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I used to love recess when I was a kid. Yeah. It was like, no more math. Let's go out and recess. Ugh. And it's like, man, I just really need to jump and also not do pull-ups good. Or tetherball, handball, or... Ball ball. <laughs> yeah, ball ball. I don't know what that is. It's where you play ball with your balls. Oh, really? It's really fun. That school got <laughs> shut down. <laughs> Catholic school. Yeah. It's crazy there. Say no more. <laughs> oh, man. So... You know this about me. I try and come up with themes because we have a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. It uh, themes like you do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've missed That's, you. Yeah, it's Barcelona way. Carlos. Yeah. He's, he's here. He's he's real. <laughs> oh, you're Spanish? <laughs> it themes like you have a lot of themes. Well, that's what turns me on about this show. Mm. Sometimes I have a story that's just sitting there out in the open. It's not attached to any theme. Yeah. It's just sitting there and I go, I don't know, I don't know how to tell that story and then carry on with the show. It's just like a non sequitur story, you know? Yeah. And so I try and come up with themes that we can kind of um all be in the same boat together, you know? I do. So I don't have one for this week. <laughs> We're just like it's just open world game mode. I love it. No boats. Know? No boats allowed here. No. Actually you can have a boat, it's just your own. Get in your own boat. Row, row, row your boat. I know what you mean. <laughs> that rhymes. Thank you. 
So where do we go from here is the question, I guess, right? Yeah. Where right? do we go? Where do we, how do we gently get down this stream right now? Just a little push, Ooh. a little bit of a paddle. Okay, paddle. So we'll get paddles. We'll get paddles. Uh, maybe, maybe a motor. Yeah. A sail. Oh, yeah, that's it. Okay. That's it. We'll just let the wind do it. Good. We'll harness the wind. So we need the wind. Mm-hmm. To start the evening, last year's Oktoberfest from Sam Adams. Samuel. We're weeks away, perhaps days away from this year's Oktoberfest. Oh, so exciting. We cleansed our palate with uh, a Miller High Life. High Life. I made some notes. I'm kind of looking at them a little bit right now. Sure. I know. I know that I worked in casting for so long. Mm -hmm. And this whole show was, uh, casting was like a jumping off point. Like all the stories from our job. So it shuts down like the world does. Mm-hmm. We have to dig into our own stories. I've gone to places that I wish that I hadn't. I'm actually okay, because some of my favorite shows are the ones where I've talked about things that I was embarrassed to talk about. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite, too. They're pretty good, your, right? Your embarrassing ones are definitely my favorite. They're pretty good. Oh, yeah. And so I felt, I kind of felt like I was like, I'm maybe out of stories a little bit. Even though like you and I just spoke for like 45 minutes with the mics off, yeah, you know? But I did remember a time that I wasn't in casting. Did I ever tell you about the time I went to go get a quote-unquote real job? I don't remember what you did. Yeah. What What was your real job? I don't even know what my title was. I got mm. hired to work for kind of a printing company, mm. which... Like, I don't even know if these companies exist anymore. Because if you want something printed, you go on the internet and you send them a file and you get your T-shirt or your poster or your business card or whatever you want, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in these days, I was like the guy standing at these big, huge presses. People that would do magazines and brochures and all this stuff. A little quick tangent. Yeah. Do you ever get an order that you're like, oh, man, I got to print these? And it's like really funny or someone's like hey i need these wieners printed oh, god i wish i need these i need these wieners printed on a hundred shirts it was all just like real kind of stale business promotion there was nothing really great you know that's dumb it's kind of lame right yeah. so why Capitalism am i is boring <laughs> why am i even going here you know yeah. um I don't know why I, I think of this guy every once in a while. I think because because I was young mm-hmm. and there was a fellow employee who, when I got so comfortable working here, I just, I, I think I decided to start picking on him a little bit. Oh. I don't know why. Just teasing him? I was never very mean, mm-hmm. but when I got comfortable working at this place, and I... To make it clear, I was working for a company that worked inside of another company, right? Companyception. Yes. Wow. So, you know, think of like a printing press, this big company. This was a great place. It was all run by, get this, Cubans. Ew. (gasps) (laughs) I say that because I I am Cuban. Yes, I know that. I know. I just wanted to say for our listeners out there so they don't think I'm racist. Yeah. Oh, and who doesn't know you're... Not Cuban by now. Is this your first episode? <laughs> Go back. Exactly. Go back to Richard Simmons. Yeah, that's this is the beginning. <laughs> I, I don't know if I reference my 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 race <laughs> in in a lot of the episodes. Do I? 
I don't know. It's, I mean, come, it's come up a few times. Yeah. The name Carlos is a dead giveaway that yeah. I'm something spicy. Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> there's definitely spice over there. Yeah. So company within a company. Yeah. One of our employees uh, was a sales guy. He was Louis the salesman. I love it. And I don't know why, but um, you know what it is? I think certain people have like kind of a big reaction to things. Mm-hmm. And so you go, well, let me continue to do that because I love your big reaction. We had the small office. I floated in and out kind of all over the place, but he had to make his sales calls from this little room that was fairly protected from the sound of the big machines, the big presses outside, right? Mm -hmm. So if we had to go outside to the presses, we'd like open the door and he would be on a sales call and all of a sudden you hear this of the presses going and he would... Gosh darn it, I, I can't work like this, you know. He would say, gosh darn it? I don't know what he'd say, but it was, it was that vibe. It was very yeah. like, I can't believe that they're opening the door. You know, it was mm-hmm. just, it was comical, you know. Yeah. So, so now he has to kind of drag himself over and, and shut the door. What would happen was, I had a buddy in the back, and uh, every once in a while he'd have to go out to the presses and so he would sort of like saunter on out, you know, and he would like open the door and flick it open just hard enough to where it would stop and get stuck. So the press noise is just blaring into the sales room and Louie, poor Louie would just be like, gosh, darn it. <laughs> and he'd have to get up yeah, and like, you know, take his scary salesman headset off, put it down and go shut the door. And it was all done on purpose. Yeah. Were we being assholes? Yeah. A hundred thousand percent. Absolutely. Yeah. We would just find something that, that really disturbed Louie, and then we would just do it. Yeah. Such bullies. Such bullies. We were, you know? I remember one time just saying the wrong thing. I don't remember what I said to him, but just saying the wrong thing to Louie. You know, he took a lot of kind of shrapnel, but I think one day I went too far. I, I, I don't know what I said, but... He stormed off. He just, he ran into the press room. Now, this was an adult man with a child. And I was definitely a young guy without kids who didn't give a shit about anything at this point, apparently. And I I had to go chase him down and stop him. And I was like, hey, buddy, I I was just busting balls. That's the, the only thing I could think of. I was busting your balls. And, uh, and I had to stop him from leaving the premises because I, I upset him too much. Yeah. You know? And I kind of felt bad. Mm-hmm. I handled Louie. He went back. He made his sales calls. It was all good. Years later, I don't know if I worked at this place anymore. He, he didn't work here anymore. I knew he had a kid. I think he was kind of down on his luck. Kind of, kind of a little sad. I remember it was a Sunday, and I lived down the street from a fat burger on Vermont Avenue. And I, I see this old kind of beat up car in the middle of this, uh, you know, fat burger parking lot. And I kind of look over and I'm like, oh, that's Louie. That's the guy I used to work with. And I drive over and I kind of roll my window down. And I'm like, hey, Louie. Hey, hey, it's good to see you. It's, look, it's me. It's that jerk you used to work with, you know? Yeah. And he looks over and he's like, I got my uh, son in the car. I think he was like 15. And I was like, we're just kind of learning how to drive. He's about to get his permit. And I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. So uh, I just went and, you know, I just got a fat burger. And he goes, ugh, lucky. 
and my heart broke in several pieces. And so all I did was drive home and just think of what an absolute turd I had been previously. Did you go and give him a, get him a burger? I thought about that. And I was like, maybe that's worse. Maybe he doesn't want... I don't know. I just yeah. felt like, no. It's kind of a weird gray area. Sometimes in life, something like that happens. And for one of the people, it sticks with them forever. Yeah. Louie probably doesn't remember that at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do we do sad stories on Tip for Tabble? Do we do that? Do we do that at all? <laughs> I'm like, do we go dark? Let me see if I wrote in my notes anything redeeming about that story. You're just kind of a butthole, and I'm kind of Team Louie now. <laughs> Listen, we should all be Team Louie, but guess what? Chicken butt. Do we feel more bad about Louie or the fray at this point? Because last week you told a story about flicking off the fray, and then they stopped performing. <laughs> So you heard a lot of lives. You might have heard a lot of lives. I just heard Louie. <laughs> but what if Louie was going to be the new Frey, man? Now what I feel if? like shit. Thanks now a lot. We, no, we both do. Okay. <laughs> we both feel like shit. It's <sighs> the worst episode. Because <laughs> that's going to be shit about Louie. That made me laugh real good. It's such a it's such a fucked up thing to be like, oh, you're gonna judge me for Louie? Well Hey Frey fans, look what this asshole did. Frey fans. Jeez Louise. Oh my god. How to save a life. <laughs> oh my god. Oh Jesus. Oh, it just makes me laugh so much. I'm like crying now. I'm looking up to see if they've put anything out recently. The last album they put out was in 2014. Mm. So I'm in the fucking clear, dude. They had like that doesn't mean what seven they... years of bad luck <laughs> <laughs> after yeah after my fiasco okay in high school. Listen, I'm not going to look up Louie right now. No matter what you say to me, I'm not looking up Louie. I don't even know the guy's last name. Oh wow. Don't even know his last name. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. That's fine. That's fine. He was he was a coworker. Different generations, man. Different generations. What are what are we supposed to learn from the generations? He was he was a lot older than me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, he's he's older. Fuck him. Like, I'm never going to be that old. <laughs> yeah. I might be stumbling upon his age in the next few years. I don't know how old he was. <laughs> and you're going to be teaching uh, teaching your boy how to drive in a parking lot. Ugh. And then who's going to meet me there? I'll come out. <laughs> <laughs> come out. Mm, dang, dude. Just had a really dope uh, burrito in there. It's really great. <laughs> oh, it's yummy. What are you doing, asshole? Just... <laughs> Just sitting here starving. <laughs> Is that your son in the back? Yeah. He looks like a dick. <laughs> Later, nerd. I'm going to get another burrito and throw it away. See ya. <laughs> wow. And then you peel out, huh? Wow. I see your peel out dust and your fray sticker, or your bumper sticker. <laughs> My dust. <laughs> As I go off into the sunset. Oh, man. Cooler. How are we supposed to live with these older people? How are we supposed to? How are we supposed to live with these older people and these young, fresh? Uh, I'm not young anymore. It's old people, am I right? 
right? Do you want to hear about my first job? I do. More than anything <laughs> in the world, yes. I got a job as a cook in a Zaxby's. And if you don't know what a Zaxby's is... Yeah, I was going to say, is that East Coast or Florida? Yeah, it's, it, I think it's a little more East Coast. I, I I don't know if there's one out here. I just haven't looked for it. I don't eat a lot of fast food. But it's like a fast foody chicken place. Oh, okay. It's basically like a Chick-fil-A alternative. And personally, I like Zaxby's way better. They have a Zax sauce that is incredible. And uh, yeah, I was a I was a cook there. And uh, mainly what happened, I, like one of my best friends in high school, his brother-in-law opened a Zaxby's and was like, hey, we need people to work. And I'm like, hey, I'll work. And he's like, cool, you have the job. I made some chicken. Yeah, what did you cook? Chicken. Chicken. Like full fast food backstage. Yeah, like deep fryers. And What was the like, learning curve on that? Very low. Yeah? Yeah, it was just like, oh, you have to do this with the chicken. Did he teach you? Uh, no, there was another cook that, that taught me. One night they're like, oh, yeah, it's poker night. And I'm like, oh, cool, we'll play poker. I'll play poker. Let's do it. You know, granted that I'm like, you know, super bad at poker and gambling in general. And I'm usually out within like five minutes because I'm a dummy and I don't care. Right. And then I'm just like, okay, cool. We're just going to keep drinking. Um, but yeah, we like closed down this Axby's, like moved all, like all the tables together, had this like big poker table. And we just got annihilated in the middle of this Axby's. We drank so much beer. And there was a point where they were like, yeah, let's funnel these. And then they were like, we don't have a funnel. <laughs> Not in the Zaxby's? No, no fun. And then for some reason, they're like, yeah. And they took an old plastic broom Uh-oh. and just ripped off the bottom and like the top of the handle. And it's like hollow on the inside. Mm-hmm. And we used this old, disgusting <laughs> yes. broom yeah. as a funnel for this beer. Needless to say, we got like completely blitzed. Yeah. How long did you work there? And did you did you make anyone sad? <laughs> I was I was so behind the scenes. Yeah. That I I only interacted with my 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 boys in the back, and also was I did a lot of like the dishwashing, so I was alone a lot too. It was super it a, like a drive through situation? It was a drive through. Yeah. Yeah. You would have been better on the mic. Yeah, but I wasn't wasn't on the mic. I was just in the back. Yeah. Just deep frying some wings and washing dishes Dang. and i was there for like a couple of months and that's not that long yeah no it was it yeah. wasn't a good job yeah did uh did you have any food service jobs ever i you know what's weird i didn't mm. i did not i feel like that's an important like step for humanity is like to experience yeah the fast just the food service industry I totally agree. And I, I I was probably scared of it when I was looking for jobs as a kid. But in hindsight, yeah, I was like, that would have been good for me to yeah. work uh to work at any old like fast food place or something. It yeah, would have been just good for, for me. like a day. You know what? It's not too late. It's now too that late. I don't have a job anymore, it's not too late. Yeah, let's just go get a job at a fast food place. Yeah. You know what I used to do when I used to Taco Bell hmm. when I was younger? Every time I ordered a a Crunch Wrap Supreme, <laughs> yes. I I would never say Crunchwrap. Could I have a Crunchwrap Supreme? <gasps> oh, when you say it like that, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. I just say it, yeah. Crunchwrap Supreme. And yeah. they're just like, yeah, of course. And I would. Oh, that's how I always ordered it. And they're just like, sure. Absolutely, yeah. You got it. Coming yeah. right up. Extra Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's wild. Yeah. So we went from uh, from your depressing press story, mm-hmm. Zaxby's. It's kind of like the old job show. You know what we could do? What's we could, up? We could call my old boss. We should. You want to call my old boss? Yeah, let's call your what old boss. We can call him a cunstrap. Cunstrap. Hello. Is this uh, could I have a cunstrap supreme? Yeah. Yeah. I could just dial him up and see what happens. Are you are you going to surprise me now when your old boss was Louie and he's he's been your best friend the whole time? If I had Louie's last name, I would Google him live right now and find out. And it would be, I don't know if it would be good or not. <laughs> yeah. I'm sad enough. All right. Let's call him up. Bring him up. Here's the thing about my old boss is that uh, he's he's family to me. He wasn't really family at the time. He was a friend at the time. Yeah. But has really become family. Now, I don't necessarily want to work there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But we can just leave it at like he's family. Oh. Let's see. Let me see if I can find his number. Let me see here. Let's do this. I'm almost there. Hold on. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Wait, shh. Hold on. That was just the area code. Okay, so he lives in the North Pole, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Ready? Right, we're going to get him on the phone now. Let me just finish dialing. Uh-huh. Did you remember to dial a one at the Shit. beginning? All right, let's go back. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Wow. So I wait a minute. I gotta put you. Do you want me just like on the speaker like this? Well, I'm not gonna keep you that long. Yeah, better make this quick. You know, I'm 71. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make it quick. I'm gonna make it quick. It's also like getting close to bedtime, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you, you might get the perfect storm of falling asleep and dying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not on this show. Um, <laughs> I have this whole amazing theme today about the differences of our generations. And really, does it boil down to just Elvis shaking his hips and did he just ruin everything? <laughs> well, actually, I was kind of young when Elvis was really in his prime. Yeah, I know. You assume that Elvis's prime is, is at the time of blue suede shoes and all that and yeah. not were caught in a trap. Well, uh, who, first of all, who is Elvis? <laughs> no one knows that's the funny thing well so that was our subject and i and i and i kind of thought of this journey because i worked for you for for a few years yes i was yes. i was one of your <laughs> cast of characters and man yeah. there was kind of a cast of characters at, at yes. that office um one of the early times that i was at your house someone put on an old black and white video of you on a show do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, black and white. So I was playing music on TV or something. Well, that... yes, you were playing music. and Maybe it wasn't black and white, but my memory made it black and white. <laughs> I guess you played on more than a show. I did, yeah. I played on a number of shows. I mean, the, the best one being in Arizona, there was, I think it was called Wallace and Ladmo or something. And it was the most ridiculously funny kids show. And it was, they had a live audience and it was totally adult themed. It was like Pee Wee Herman. I think at the time I was trying to get out of the draft. And so, you know, I didn't want to go to Vietnam. I hear it's really nice. Yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> it's nice this time so of I year. I didn't want to go. And at the time, I was super thin. I weighed 132 pounds at 5'11". And so I had an attorney, believe it or not, who was who specialized in just helping people get out of the war, out of the draft. So I went to the attorney and he said, wait a minute, how much do you weigh? And I said, 132. And he goes, if you can get down, now mind you, this was with about five or six days to go until my physical. He, if you can get down to 123 pounds, you're out, right? Oh, my goodness. So we, we were playing a gig. I think it was in Tucson or something like that. I got my bulking and sweater and my motorcycle jacket, and I stopped eating, and I pretty much stopped drinking. And then when I got to Tucson at at midnight, it was like a hundred and some odd degrees, really yeah. hot. And I put the shit on and I started running and doing wind sprints in the park in downtown Tucson. And by the time I got back, believe it or not, I, I limped in to the induction station and. I was 123 pounds. And the guy goes, okay, you're out. He was pissed, too. He, he didn't want to let me go. No, he wanted me to be cannon fodder, I could tell. And <laughs> wow. he, he, he just, he stamped the thing, okay, six months, right? And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, and sure enough, within about six months to a year, I got another call back. So this time, I went to see a psychiatrist, and I just said, look, I'm too crazy. You can't send me. So the guy was, he was on board with that. He was obviously anti-war and he wrote me a note, right? I got called back. I went back, did the same routine, had to starve myself, was running in place in the YMCA sauna, just letting water. I would get out and let water drip on my tongue, not even swallow it. Mm. I get to the second one and the guy is pissed. He weighs me, he's pissed. And he goes, okay, you're out for six months. And I go, no, I want to see the psychiatrist. And he really gets pissed. He's one of these army sergeant guys. Yeah. It was the bravest moment of life. I just kept standing up to him. He sends me to the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist interviews me for 30 seconds, takes out a stamp, and stamps this paper and hands it back to me. I look at it. It's 4F. I'm out for good. Oh, wow. So that's um. such a relief. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Are you kidding I was at Denny's ordering two omelets within seconds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, a grand man. slam. I know. But uh, what was so, the, did you have like any magic words that you told the psychiatrist that they're like, whoa, you're not? Um, yeah, basically I lied. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I just kind of stretched my condition, let's say. Mm. I didn't lie because if you put this up, I don't want Fed showing up at my door. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're going to Vietnam. Yeah, you're going now. <laughs> right, right. Right. Actually, right now, I wouldn't mind going, but back then. Yeah, no yeah. thanks. Yeah. So there was no like Captain America moment there where you showed up and <laughs> were just super buff. <laughs> oh, no. No, it was all super hippie. And I was, everybody was going to the Oakland induction station for their physicals mm -hmm. so you can imagine you could all you're gathering all these people from haight ashbury right and places like that yeah that are, and berkeley right which was just totally over the top mm -hmm. and they're all gathering to get in to get their physicals together i mean you're talking massive amounts of people that you're going through with wow and everybody is basically just trying to get out other than the few that are like have got their head on completely different yeah. and want to go. My goodness. So, That's wild. Yeah. Did you, with your new fit, lean 
123 pound body. Did that help with the uh, the rock star lifestyle at all? <laughs> you know, not really. I mean, no. nothing, nothing. You know, having this Italian nose, not much help with anything. Yeah. <laughs> In 1963, my mom got me a guitar. I'd been playing accordion because, of course, I was raised in an Italian family. And so accordion was the thing, right? That is not the biggest chick magnet in the world. No. (laughs) It's coming back. It's coming back. No, no, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, so um, I did. And I put up with about three years of that. And having to practice a lot. My mom was, to her credit, she was really good at getting me to practice. A kid in today's society, no way. They would not practice accordion for an hour a day. Can you imagine that? Not at all. No way. No way. Yeah. So then when I was about 12 or 13, I started to really think jazz was cool. You know, it was kind of beatnik-y and stuff. So she got me a guitar and I got this jazz guy. He was teaching me. And it was really kind of cool. I enjoyed it. And then the Beatles came out, Dylan and all that stuff, and Hendrix. And so it just broke down from there. I just couldn't get enough of it. Tell me the name of the band. Okay, it was eventually People. Mm -hmm. That was the name of it, eventually. And what happened was, I was playing with my neighbor guys, and we had this band called the Aardvarks, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, And we were strictly a garage band, just upsetting this middle class upper middle class neighborhood because we were just so loud and, and you know horrible but my father and my father and mother to their credit were really like it's okay i don't care just go for it and they would get complaints and they still were like it's okay so when i was in 5th grade i met this guy and we were made into you know hall monitors those type people and the crossing guards sure yeah. so it was a really big thing to get made the captain one was me, and the other was this guy named Robbie. And he says, hey, man, me and my brother are playing music, and why don't you come over? And so one thing led to another, and I was playing. And then, you know, of course, it was 1965. It was just that time, you know? For music, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was yeah. thinking the, the captain of the, the hall team. <laughs> it's like the, you peaked really early. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't there wasn't a way in for a hall monitor, I guess, <laughs> Captain. No. <laughs> no, there wasn't. No, it was like oh. Uh, so at some point, I mean, this band goes on to. I mean, you had a hit song, didn't you? We had, we were a one hit wonder. Yeah, by the time we had the hit and it was out and it was hitting, we were fighting, and we had already kicked out one of our key guys. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, and then by the time we finished a three-month tour around the U.S., the other guy had left. That was it. We were cooked. We were done. That's kind of par for the course. I've been in many bands, and the drama level gets high. (laughs) It was was outrageous. It was just ridiculous. Did you play on the bill with some memorable... Yeah, in the South, we played with like three gigs straight with The Who. That was was memorable because, you know, we at one point we stayed in the same motel as they were staying in. And it was like Peter Townsend like wrecked the room. We got to see him break guitars. I would watch him assemble strats. He would take pieces from strats and, and put them together, which was kind of interesting. Because now, I mean, any one of those strats is like worth $100,000 at least. I remember the strings were all different levels off of the fretboard, you know, by the time he <laughs> got, But he didn't care, you know. He was like, who cares? Yeah. I remember we played at Miami Marine Stadium, which is one of those stadiums where the stage itself 
kind of looks like the Hollywood Bowl. It's actually out about 15 feet into the water. And boats would pull up alongside and stuff. And they were terraced way up so that Keith Moon was way the fuck up. Wow. And so as the show started to descend in Bedlam, which was the way they did things, right? Peter Townsend is like taking his guitar, holding it like a sledgehammer and pounding it into his amps, right? Goodness. And so Keith Moon, he's like 30 feet above the water. And he just starts kicking his drums off the stage into the water <laughs> and runs down himself and dives into the water. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> that is wild. It was like, you know, you're used to like concerts ending on a high note where everybody's kind of clapping and stuff like that. Yeah. And everybody was just like stunned. Everyone's just afraid. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of changes the encore. You got to get like a scuba diver to go over to <laughs> your drums. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That was probably the best part. I know we played with a lot of people. I mean, when we were in San Francisco, we played with Santana all the time. We played with Jefferson Airplane. We played with all those groups up there. There were a lot of groups up there. Yeah. We played with Janis Joplin a bunch of times. Amazing. You know? Yeah. Super dope. Yeah. So is the torture over now? Yeah, it's it's getting there. Also, uh, Carlos just got a nice uh, drum kit, and you know I play guitar, so and you play keys. I'm just saying, if we ever want to get some sort of band back together, oh wow, um, yeah, we should do it. You know what? Let's just break yeah. up right now. Yeah, Let's, you know, this is not working out. <laughs> I'm gonna need to be able to throw all of my drums into the into the ocean yeah. at the end of all of our shows. You could take them down to the Santa Monica Pier and check them off. <laughs> <laughs> they're e drums, so they're gonna just electrocute all the fish. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. Are you guys, by the way, are you breathing on each other? No, I turn my head one way, he turns his head the other way. But yes, we are in each other's laps, of course. <laughs> yeah, we kind of have like an Eskimo greeting thing yeah. that we do. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what time is bedtime? Is it happening soon? Uh, you know, it's like if it gets within 15 minutes of 8 o'clock and I notice it, yeah. boom, boom, that's it. Out. I'm up. Wherever yeah. you're standing, game over. <laughs> Bye, Albie. Bye, Al. Sweet Bye. dreams. Bye. Sweet dreams. <laughs> Oh, my gooseneck. I love that guy. I actually just, uh, I wanted to ask you how you are. I haven't seen you in a minute. Who, me? Yeah. How, how are you? It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird time. Yeah. Like, everything considered. Oh, heck yeah, I know. Around this time, like, I'm, like, prepping and setting up for, like, Wasteland, which is just camping in the desert. That's canceled this year, so. Right, like a lot of things. Yeah, like everything. Yeah. Like almost everything. It's crazy, man. It's going to continue to be crazy. And unless they say, hey, because of the pandemic, we can't release another Oktoberfest, then I'm really going to be kind of upset. Then at that point, I'm knocking on doors, man. I'm going to Boston. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, I'd like to speak to uh, Mr. Adams. Yeah. Is he in here? Because I need that beer. I'm opening up my Ralph's app right now. Go ahead. And I'm going to see if I can find Oktoberfest in the stores. I would be surprised if it's not already there. Um, Samuel, there we go. It's uh, still just um, summer ale. <laughs> I give it a week or two. But it's labeled as seasonal. Yeah. And it's on sale, which means they're trying to get rid of it. So that's a good sign. You got to make room. 
once it yeah once it starts going on sale because Samuel Adams just rips them from shelves. Yeah. Sam's just like they just buy it all back. Yeah. I'm like really stoked. I'm really really stoked. I'm gonna finish off this uh, my final twelve pack that I've been hiding in my closet. Yeah, keeping it safe away from sunlight, keeping it you know in a cool uh, place. I've been doing something similar down in uh, my my basement. Bismont. My Bismont, which Mid- is French for down there. My downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's weird that just days now are, I have to like literally color them okay. to tell the difference. And I use music a lot, mm-hmm. too, to do that. I um, force myself to listen to something new every day. Okay. I'm doing like a reggae Sunday because <laughs> my friend, uh, my friend Sam... Oh, has a bar in, in Pennsylvania. I think I told you about this bar. Every Sunday is reggae Sunday. I don't know why, but it just is. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, I'm really vibing that energy. Just for some reason on Sundays, he was just like, yeah, we just listen to reggae all day. Drink beer. You know what we should do next week? Tell me. We'll get together Sunday. We'll start our band. Ooh. Sunday. Okay. We play reggae. Ooh. Because it's reggae Sundays. Okay. But we only do covers of the fray. We are the fray gay. I've never been this excited in my <laughs> whole entire life. Oh my God. The fray gay. It's done. Yeah. Lock it in. It's canon. You it's- had me at. Actually, let's just play. <laughs> <laughs> Join me next week? I think I might. Okay, cool. I think I will. Let um, me, uh, maybe I'll be here too. Let me uh, check my schedule. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh,. Peace out, Brussels sprout. Hey, l- later, uh, mater. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Tip for Tabble. If you want to shoot the boys here a message or just let us know your thoughts, go ahead and email us at t4tcast at gmail.com. That's T, the number four, T, cast at gmail.com. <laughs>